0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Raise of Hope podcast, a podcast where we talk to everyday people about their experiences with mental health. Now today we have someone really special, at least special to me, It's because it's someone I've known since birth. So let's all welcome our guest for today, Alex. Alex, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hey guys, um, so as uh, Vashank mentioned, I am Alex and um, I'm 26 years old i um, studying a health science degree at the end of it, and yeah, so far so good, just kicking it, and uh, isn't this yeah, like your I... second
0: second degree, which, which, what's the third one?
1: Uh, I'm not going to have a third degree, I'm just going to get on the dole or something like that, I think I've had enough of studies for the for a lifetime.
0: Sweet, sweet, so let's crack on with it. Now, you know, mm. as I mentioned, I've known you for I think majority of my life, so, and we've been through through a lot of experiences together. But today, I just want to kind of focus on experiences that you've been through alone, and that's kind of kind of shaped your mental health. Uh, so tell us a bit about that.
1: Um. So, um, as most people, um, we don't really develop an awareness of you know stuff like mental health. Um, we just take it for granted until you know there's some kind of event that sort of um, threatens the position that we sit in mentally. Um, I think my first encounter with anything that would have caused me any trouble through a mental health perspective would be when my family migrated from India. And that would have been around 10 years ago now. Uh, and it was a total change of scenery. The people I knew, the places I knew it was completely changed. I was in this whole new um, place, um, then strange, well, it was a strange place at the start. And it was, you know, like I was open from friends and family. Yes, I did have my immediate family. It was lucky in that aspect um, to fall back on and stuff like that. Um, but apart from that, it was just something like a whole new sort of, you know, chapter in my life. And I was very close um, with my friends back home. Like I spent all of my days... Um, during my holidays and stuff like that with them. I used to study in school with them. I went for tutoring with them. So they formed a big part of my identity in a way and my life and just a sudden change from that um, really sort of made me quite lonely actually to begin with. But then, you know, as time went by and I made new friends, um, I stopped disliking this place as much. And um, I saw the perks of... Um, living here and in the process I I grew really close to my mum and dad and my um, younger sibling so that was a perk that came out of it and it made me realise that change is and it's a painful but inevitable an inevitable part of um, life and you're constantly going to see changes um, and stuff like that um, as you move ahead so
0: from what I can tell um, would you agree that there's like a certain culture shock from when you kind of come from a country where you comes, you know where you're hanging out with so many friends where you see them on the daily you have so much family and then when you come here when you kind of think that it's just different the environment's different the language you're speaking is almost different and also the expectations you know the society has of you and how people interact with you is different
1: yeah it's definitely like i said lucky like a big change of many aspects especially socially um you know, there are some good and bad things about both places, but you're right, as you move from, you know, a place like India, and you come here, and um, in terms of social life and stuff, it's it's great, it's out there, people are friendly, people are very nice, I've made some great friends here over time, that I wouldn't trade for anything, Um, but you know, at the beginning, it's a real change, because I feel like people are just um, much more, um, I don't know, closer for the lack of a better term, I'm not trying to say that relationships here aren't as intimate as they are but that's what i felt at the start at least and just the number of people out there and the number of neighbors you have and the amount you interact with them and stuff it is it is different to hear people more often than not um, keep themselves which is a good thing in the other way no one tries to dig into other people's businesses and stuff which is a, a perk yeah but at the same time you know if you don't really know a lot of people and stuff, just around your neighborhood and stuff. You can kind of feel um, a bit lonely sometimes. I think I think I understand this
0: because um, I remember when you kind of came here the first time. There was a, there was a clear difference in the environment that you grew in. I'm talking about friends and family back in India and the environment yeah. that I kind of grew in over here. And there was a clear disparity between you know the experiences with what you had and the experiences I had. I remember... And I still... Uh, you know, when you... You should talk about the close friends groups I used to have and everything. I actually really envy you because it, it's not really that common in Australia, I feel, like, at least. At least in high school. It wasn't as common. As, uh, in India, you know, you, you, we live, all live in one building. And I wish I could talk in Hindi right now. I really wish I could talk in Hindi because it's,
1: yes. it's, this would really... Bring you closer to your roots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. While you're having a chat, yeah.
0: But, yeah, I... Because even... I kind of, after living here for so long, I remember the first time I went to India, I felt out of place. Yeah. And it's, it, it's weird to think about that because, you know, you come from, I've I was basically born in the country. So I completely get what you're saying that, you know, there's a clear difference.
1: Yeah, there life. is a difference as to, like, people go, like, one of the main differences that I've found between the two places um, people go to sleep, people go to bed a lot later. <laughs> than here so and it was just a very common thing for people and kids to you know just meet after school and um, I remember school used to um, finish at around one and we had a bit of tutoring until six and then it was just so common like everyone and all the kids and stuff would come out and um, they would go back home they'd, they'd come out hang out you know go to places restaurants and just come out and hang out you know it didn't really have to be um, you know, set plan where you're going out. It was just a very common thing. And we'd go home around nine. But once we've moved here to Australia, people are in bed by nine, you know, so.
0: It's it's weird. It's something, I guess, in your case, when you actually initially came, it's not something that you're used to.
1: Yeah, of course. Like, at around, I remember the first few days I was here, it was so quiet at around five or six. And I'm like... It's eerie. Yeah, it's like, well, that's when... Sh- you know, stuff starts, you know, yeah. back in India and stuff. And yeah, that would have been one of the changes that, you know, it was just so, such a quiet place. As you can imagine, uh, a country like India, you you would know, is just so crowded and full of activity. It's until lively, 10. Right? Yeah, quite lively. Mainly because there's that many people there, you know, you can't afford to not be lively. Um, just because of the number of people and the, the different jobs that people do and number of people. So yeah, that would have been one of the changes, you know, just just about how quiet it is here. It can be peaceful but at the same time if you're not in the right headspace and stuff, yeah. you know, it can be like, um, the silence that you don't want.
0: It's it's funny because you know, when you as you mentioned, when you came here you thought about like, hey, it's nine o'clock and it's quiet. Yeah. When I went there for the first time, I'm like, it's nine o'clock, why are people still
1: out? Yeah, of course. Because that's what you're used to, right? That's the it's, it's what you're used yeah. to, What's you used strange, to.
0: Yeah. Now, since we said, you know, it, there's a different, different cultural change in there, do you reckon that has kind of... The societal, societal pressure has changed from what you would, how you were in India and how you, like how you're here. Do you reckon there's any kind of difference in how society there has made you feel about? I guess in life in general, and you know, growing up in a brown community and everything. Do you feel there's any difference?
1: Yeah, for sure. And in, in, in a place like um, India, the concept of dignity of labour was was absent. So you were always um, under the pressure to perform in um, your studies, like do well and maybe become an engineer or a doctor and stuff. Because if you didn't, life was really hard. Um, so, you know, people like who did, you know, blue collar jobs and stuff, it wasn't an easy, you know, like life wasn't an easy journey unless you were doing really well and you had your own business and stuff like yeah. that. It was tough. So I think one of the one of the good things about um, living here is that um, you've got a lot more options. And you can do well in life, regardless of what path you choose, as long as it's not illegal. Well, you'd do really well if it's illegal, but otherwise, um, it's um, look—you've got a lot more options. Like you don't have to be um, academically smart to succeed in life. And that was there was a lot of emphasis on doing well at uni or school or whatever it may be. Like I know year ten was a big deal back there. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: your year 10 is kind of the same as our year 12, right? Or almost some similar. It's a I guess. similar
1: thing. But, you know, year 12 is pretty serious there as well as it is here. But it's just, you know, there's just small things like that the expectations that you have, you know, to do well, constantly, you know, keep studying and excel at studies and stuff. So there's no other option. You're either a doctor or a law- lawyer or, you know, or an engineer. If you wanted to be well, if you wanted to do well in life
0: do you think we bring those expectations here with us or do you think our parents bring those expectations here with them
1: yeah they do but not all the time but most of them do but you can't really blame them for it i guess because that's what they've known all their life to succeed you know that's a sure shot way to gain success yeah it might be hard yet it's you know in some cases unfortunately your kids or you know people might not have that sort of aptitude to do those things but what they've known and what they've been taught throughout their life was, that's a sure shot way. It's to a success.
0: It's, it's I guess for us, in the, it's the safest way because it's exactly, the, it's, it's not the only risky, way we know. Right? It. It's the only yeah, way we exactly.
1: Know. You can't go wrong being a doctor. Like yeah, there are unsuccessful, unsuccessful doctors <laughs> sexful, out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unsex, sexual I'm sure there's a lot of sexful doctors out there, but there are a lot of <laughs> unsuccessful um, doctors out there. But odds are you're gonna you're gonna do well, reasonably well in life if you're. If you're, you know, if you're doing medicine or engineering or something like that, it's a, it's a safe, like it's a it's a safe option compared to you know doing something else and starting a business and stuff because the, the odds of things going wrong there are higher. And you know,
0: yeah. So what exactly would you say? You know, that that you know, coming from India over here, how exactly do you think it affected you? Did it affect your, I guess, your ability to make friends? Did it affect your ability to Communicate with people, or did it kind of change your self expectations?
1: Um. So, in terms of communication, yeah, maybe with the jargon and you know stuff like that, slang and stuff, maybe a bit of trouble. But in terms of language restrictions um, or language barriers or anything like that, I didn't really face a lot because mum and dad always conversed at home in English because they were from different parts and both of them being Catholic and stuff. I guess I was lucky in that way. <clears throat> because um i spoke it i spoke the language um reasonably well i'd like to assume um but apart from that like i said you know just the social side of it and um the timings you know like how long people were active for and you know i was from mumbai which is a very busy city so even at 10 or 11 at night you'd hear people talking or you know just vehicles going by and some kind of sound was always there but yeah, I reckon that's that's just the, those are the main few parts of it. You know, there's the social aspects of it.
0: Sweet. Now, you know, other than that, you know, coming from India, are there any more experiences do you think that actually, you know, severely affected your mental health where you felt like, you know, hey, I got, you know, I gotta, there's something going on right now?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I'd, uh, one of the most um, serious events in my life was um, around the time um, and literally, yeah, around the time after my dad got diagnosed with cancer. And that was a few years ago. Um, and two things happened then. The two very um, serious events or um, concerning events for me in terms of my mental health and stuff. So <clears throat> my dad uh, was diagnosed with cancer, as, as you know. But I think a day or two after or around that time was when one of my um, friends... Back in India, he decided that enough was enough, and he decided to, you know, um, take his own life, which was a very—I don't—I can't, I can't even describe it right now. I, rem- I remember waking up in the morning and um, getting a message from my friend saying, um, "Hey, mate, I think um, well, I know that." Um, someone has passed away because they decided that, you know, it was like, that was it for it them. It was enough. Yeah. It was enough. Yeah. And I just sat up there and I, yeah, I feel like that was the day my dad's reports came by back as well. Like, you know, like confirming that he's got something cancerous. So it was just too much to take, too much to take in to begin with. And then I just sat down and I didn't know how to react because we were good mates and the normal thoughts that people think around that time, you know, is there anything I could have done to help him, you know, um, and, and I all my friends back there, they were quite devastated as well, and he was a singer, and he sang this song, it was one of his, the last um, songs that he composed.
0: It was the song, you, you mentioned it a few times, that I think we, we sing it, we sing it every now and, yeah, and then yeah, as well. It's, it's, was... a,
1: it's, it's a Bollywood song that he sang, it's... Um, It just has something to say that um, I've not learned to live with. Like That's the basic meaning. I've not learned to live without you. And um, his mum had passed away a few days, a few few months before um, he decided to end his life. And it made a lot more sense that that could have been one of the reasons why. You know, so... And I just kept listening to that song and, you know, thinking about, you know, like why people decide there's some, you know, and stuff like that, and, um, so it was just two, just two events, you know, I just didn't know how to take it in, and, you know, as, um, as life goes, dad, you know, he was diagnosed with cancer, it was a very, um, tough journey for him, and even tougher, I wouldn't say even tougher, but not as tough, because I didn't know what he was going through, really, because. Um, he had a really aggressive um, sort of aggressive kind of cancer, and it was the doctors had said that you know like there's there's not there's not a lot we can do like most of the care that's going to be palliative, so you know just and then you know as, as things go sometimes in life they don't go your way and dad ended up passing away around. Uh, Two, two months after. So it's pretty quick, like, you know, seeing him all active around the house and all that and then seeing him in a bed just in pain, you know, being sedated because the pain's too much for him to bear. And that's one thing I realised, that uh, when someone that you really love and that's really close to you passes away, a part of, your, a part of you goes away with them. And... Um, it was it was tough it was very hard to get to terms with the fact that i'd lost my dad when he passed away and i remember it was, I was just that night at the hospital um he was there um and it was just so hard to come to terms with the fact that he's not there anymore and i just had a look at him and I'm, I'm just kept telling myself that you know what maybe he's just asleep you know maybe because that's that's what you'd want that's what your your wishful thinking believes that you know, he's gonna wake up at any moment this is all just a bad dream and it's a nightmare or It's a denial.
0: The, the it's the denial,
1: denial part yeah. of the Yeah, it's exactly right. That comes with it.
0: I, I, I remember being in the room with you when it happened. And yeah. there was an undeniable change in the, in the vibe and the atmosphere. I can't even say vibe in the atmosphere. Because I think everyone re- realized what had happened. But I think it was the first time in my life I had nothing to say. You know, and because you know, regardless of what you say in that point in that moment, wouldn't have changed anything because it's just. I think for me that was my first experience with that. That as well, obviously. Yeah, personally, yeah. So I remember, as I said, I remember being in the room, and I, I. It's something I'm sure both of us don't want anyone else going through.
1: Of course, never. You know,
0: and yeah. So, how would you say you know? Let's you know, come coming back a bit. Um. When your dad was diagnosed with cancer, how would you say your, I guess, your mentality was after that?
1: Um, so initially, you know, this is a man who, um, like, he was my rock. Both my parents were. Um, I was very close with them. I still am with mum. You know, I confided in him for for every little thing and... Um, like I said, once we moved to Australia, each other is basically all yeah. we had. And we got really close with each other, closer than we were before. And um, it came to a point where my parents were, I don't know, it sounds like a cliche, but they were like oh, very close to my friends. And, you know, I know I could go up to them and tell them anything. And they, yeah, if it was something wrong, they would try to discipline me or not, not hit me and slap me and stuff like that. Um, that was when I was younger. <laughs> but, <laughs> you and me both broke. Yeah, me exactly. It's a brown thing, Well, maybe ethnic thing. But you know, they they would advise me, and they would you know try to. They were always there for me, especially my dad. And um, um, he used to always say, "Oh, there there, there was this um, uh, guy I used to bring his grandchild to church, um, every Sunday, and he used to be like, oh, that's how I'm gonna hold that day in a few years and stuff.'" And, yeah, I remember growing up with my granddad, my dad's dad as well. And I, like, somewhere down the line, um, I was in a relationship um, at the time. And um, I thought, you know what, it's a real possibility. It's going to be exactly... I, I used to, you know, sort of wishful things sometimes. Um, and, like, like, bring coming back before I, you know, go into another whim. Um, that was the man who I saw as my rock, who was there... You know, he picked me up. He carried me ever since I was a child. He's the guy I looked up to. He was my first hero. Um, and seeing him in a state where he's lost all his weight, you know, um he's just you know, like you can see his bones through his skin. There's no fat, no muscle. And trust me, or dad, you know, as you know, dad used to, yeah. you know, he used to work out and look, he was in good shape. It was, so, it was
0: definitely different seeing him from what he was. Cause I mean. I grew up with him in India as well, and yeah. seeing what he was then when he came here, and then in those final few months, how he what had happened to him, it was, it was heartbreaking. It was
1: heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah it was. You know, like, and that's why my, um, initial um, reaction as most people out there was denial. But like, you know what? It's all going to be good. You know, because what do people do when they push to the end? Like me and you, normal people. We're not superheroes. Yeah, we we go to hope. We try to hope for things. People say, oh, you should live your last few months to the fullest and stuff. But no one wants, that's what I believe at least, like no one wants to believe that that is your last few months. So, what people take refuge in hope. And that's exactly what I did. I wasn't denial about it. I tried to to, um, sort of make it seem normal, build a world around me where all this was normal. Yes, there was a glaring fact that, uh, you know, my dad wasn't, you know, doing too well. But you know, I prayed and hoped and all that I did, thinking that you know what, this is just a bad phase, you might Everything's going to be good, you know. And the fact that he um, passed away when I was there was it was just like, you know, how there's that scene in certain movies where you know some something serious happens and there's just like a screech, like it's silent. Yeah. It's a screech. That's all it was for the next few months, you know, and. Um, Like, most of it was just me coming to terms. And unfortunately enough for me, as it might be with some people out there, it came too late that, you know, my dad is dying. Because I came to the realization that he was not going to be here for a long time after he passed away. So... So You were
0: still in that, I guess, moment where...
1: I denied everything. Yeah. There was no acceptance whatsoever because I was like, you know what? It's all going to be good. He is going to hold his grandchild someday. I don't know why. For some reason, that just... That's just it's, as just a moment, that's said,
0: it's it's hope. It's hope, even, exactly. Yeah, even though it's after his death, there was still, I guess, weirdly, there was still
1: hope. Yes, there was. Like some people might seem like, oh, that's not practical, mate. What are you talking about? But there was hope. That, you know what? All oh, this is just a bad dream. You know, it's just, um, he's just gonna be back. You know, like you, you imagine all the weirdest things out there. Oh he wasn't actually dead or you just hope like you think of the weirdest movies and stories to maybe convince yourself momentarily that this is all just a bad dream everything's going to be fine you know he's just going to be back he's just going away for some time and the hardest part of bouncing back from that is coming to terms with the fact because that's the first I'm not sure, but there's, there's a few stages of grief, or yeah. I don't know what it is. But the first stage, well, I don't know what stage it is, but the stage that was important for me <laughs> at the time was coming to terms, and I still don't think I've come to terms with, you know, the fact that he's gone. In terms of yes, I know that he's not coming back, or I in, guess in this a life still at least,
0: uh, slight hope, I guess like part, part of you is still like kind of trying to believe it. that
1: part of me is never going to die you know like yeah. it's going to believe that and I think because he was an integral part, part, part of keeps my keeps life before who I was and stuff
0: yeah of course of course now I just want to rewind a bit um you mentioned a friend of yours that passed away I think around around the same time and um how did how did this affect you how did this change your perspective on things did this change your perspective on life at all what did what did it do to
1: you um so like i said the the day the day I realized or there found out that he passed away um, it was I just didn't know how to react if he was someone my age, and to know that he's not in this world anymore um, just it hurts you a lot, it makes you think it makes you wonder, you know there's so many what ifs what if you know I spoke to him or what if I had a chat with him or, you know, so many, so many what ifs that go through your mind and on a more general perspective, when, I mean, you know, I'm having um, two people who are, you know, my dad and my friend pass away in such close proximity with each other, it's, it makes you question stuff like, you know, what happens after you pass away, you know, if they are in a better place or if they are somewhere can they hear me you know can they see me or you know like you just want to know that they're happy
0: I think I think that's the biggest reality check you can get
1: it is it is it put it, it put it put things in perspective for me like yes we chase after you know all these things success fame friends um you know, all, all these things seem so, to me at least, it seemed so minimal compared to to life. Um, because losing these two people had such a big effect on my life. You know, um, my dad more so because I spend a daily life, I mean, a day to day life with him. And in saying that, like even my friend, my experience with him was different. Um, being my age and all that just, you know, made me introspect. So both of these experiences together just makes you wonder, you know.
0: Now, since, you know, the death of, the, death of your friend happened in India, do you think, uh, do you think, how, how do you think your friends there felt? Do you, is this, is, is, was it something that you guys spoke about? Like, hey guys, did, did you, you know, talk to them about how they felt, what they went through and everything?
1: Yeah, I did. And most of them, um, you know, they... They they told me that um, they told me their experience of it, their perspective of it, how it went by. And he he did try to contact a few people on the day. Just not like it wasn't a cry for help or anything, but it was just something so subtle, just something like, "Oh mate, um, do you want to go out for pizza or something?" We're a bit bored. That's what he said. That's all that he said um, on the day and. Unfortunately enough, people had some. Some of them were studying, some of them were working, some of them, you know, couldn't get back in time. Some of them were just having a very tough day themselves. It was hard to gauge that you know something so drastic is going to follow. And to some degree, people did blame themselves for it. They're like, "Oh, I should have gone through with it. I should have, you know, just met up with him." Because it's not, and people going through something. What I've realized at least is sometimes the best therapy that you can offer someone who is going through some kind of mental issue or, you know, mental health problems is just spending time with them. You don't even have to talk about anything. You know, just going out for a drive or, you know, like a slice of pizza or or you know just spending time with them over the phone that's, that's enough I, I absolutely in agree in some cases
0: I absolutely agree I think the worst thing you can do is try to get very professional with it I mean the best thing you can do in that situation is as you said
1: just yeah value a friendship keep it within the bounds of the nature of a friendship and exactly. that's just normal for someone and in some cases or I like to say in most cases even that's, that's enough that's a therapy that some people need you know just um, having people that matter to them around them and it has kind of helped um, me, you know, my family, um, getting close to all. There's my wife, my, my parent, my mum, my friends, you, you know, just, just being around you guys um, and having a chat with um, you guys, not necessarily about all these events, but just spending time with you guys is what kind of, you know, helped me get through this just very confusing time in my life, where um, I started realising all the things I took for granted, you know, such as his presence or um, something as small as, um, because I was a bit young then, stuff like, you know, how the stuff in the house gets done. Because, yeah. you know, he's at your dad of the house, doing all the handyman stuff and this and that. And then all of a sudden, you know, I was, um, I wouldn't say I was a man of the house because mum still took care of most things. But I had to step up and... In you know i was I was a twenty twenty year old I like to believe um and just you know my my amount of responsibilities um you know jumped up a notch
0: that's that's something I actually wanted to bring up because um as I said, we've almost grown up together and yep. I saw the change in you, and it was i don't know how to say, I don't know how to say it I knew why the change was there, yeah. But also, it was a very confusing time for me as well to see you in that sense, because I think you were it's not that like that position was offered to you. You had to step up to that position yourself,
1: yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was it was like I said, it was a very confusing time. I was trying to figure myself out. I was trying to you know figure why all this happened. And you know, you try to question so many things. You try to question. Um, you know, your faith. You try to question your luck. You try to question, um, you know, if you're like, oh, there are so many bad people out there. Why is this happening to me? And what did I do wrong? What did my dad do wrong? You know, what did we as a family do wrong? We've never hurt anyone. And those are are, um, feelings that I'm sure that many people who've experienced such a loss would (laughs) have gone through.
0: This brings up an interesting question in my mind. Um, With all these experiences that you've been through, do you think your uh, faith has helped you at all? Because uh, you know the difference between you and me is you're a very religious person, whereas I'm not. So, do you think that has played a part in your life where that's helped you through your you know your experience with mental health?
1: Um, I'd like to believe yes. Um, because I you know like I said at the time that my dad was ill, I did pray quite a bit. You know, kind of begged, prayed. You know, I did everything that I could to make sure, um, you know that. My dad doesn't leave us, at, you know, at a young age, and even after his demise, um, I prayed for him, you know, I, I prayed that he was in a happy place. I prayed for my friend, I prayed that he was in a happy place. That no matter where they were, just knowing or praying for them being at peace is what mattered to me after a while. Because yeah, you miss them a lot, but you want them to be happy wherever they are, and yes. I believe that my faith, you know, praying and stuff, yes, you do question stuff, you do question, oh, you know, why is all this happening to me, where's the justice, you know, God, why aren't you looking at all this and stuff, so there, there, yeah, there was a time, I'm not going to lie, that I did question, um, you know, my faith and all of this stuff, because I was going through a pretty tough time. Um, but eventually, I came back in track, and I knew my dad was a very religious man, and um, he always told me to you know, keep God very close to him. too close to you. That's what that's the advice he gave me in every little um you know, the little the little little of achievements, a little of pro, the smallest of problems. And I just fell back to my remember like recently, um I'm in a really odd bag that he used to take to work. I found a small rosary. And I, I knew that was his rosary, like a rosary for people who don't know out there is a small sort of necklace that's got you know Cross of Jesus at the end of it, and that's something people use to pray. And that's when you know I realized that that there was, there was a very prized possession that he had. And seeing, seeing you know, that tiny rosary after all these years just you know made me realize how much of a central part God was in his life, and that kind of made me you know um, start um, becoming a bit more religious. Like, I, I I admit, like, after my dad passed away, um, although I did believe, although I was, I'd like to believe I was religious, um, it did kind of, um, what's a good way to say it? like it, I it, 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 it did kind of lose a bit of um, um, my relationship with God. Like, it was still there. I was still praying. I was still going to church and doing all of that. But um, I think it just made it a bit harder after this whole experience. But yeah, I, I did have God in my life. But then that kind of made me believe that, you know what? sometimes things has happened for a reason and sometimes things are beyond your control. And what we need to be thankful for is that, you know, I had my dad in my life and he's been a wonderful person. He's been a great example of what a good dad should be. And yeah. so, you know, looking at the silver linings in it and hoping that I can be, you know, one-tenth of the person he was
0: talking about you know civil linings and a situation like this um, we've spoken about three separate instances where you know your mental health has been affected mm-hmm. um, the first was when you kind of migrated f- from uh, here from India second one you're dealing with the death of your father and the third one the, the, the death of your friend how would you say you dealt with each of the situations in I mean, in either an order that you know get that makes you worse, or let's let's order of order that makes it better.
1: So, um, I'd like to believe that one of the main things that have gotten me through um, situations, you know, that you know that kind of um, affected my mental health was just having a talk about it. Like you know, all that they say about oh, you know what, talk to a mate or something like that. Yeah. It's very helpful because if you talk about something out there, the, I'd, like most people, I was like, oh, there's a stigma out there. You can't talk about it and stuff. Um, do you think that, that
0: stigma is just within the brown community or do you think it's just with everyone, or, with mental health in general?
1: I remember watching a movie where um, uh, it was about mental health. And where the guy was like, you know, when suddenly when it comes to mental health, everyone's, you know, very hush-hush about, about it. it yeah. Um, and that really did make sense because maybe it's more a brown thing. Maybe it's more an ethnic thing. You know, because when people say mental health, what's the first thing that comes to someone? Oh, this person's gone cuckoos, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> a subtle way of putting it, I guess. Everyone's, everyone's had some mentally, like, you know, mentally... Um, like problems that that affected in mental health whether people admit it or not but the moment someone says mental you know it's a bad connotation health is not a big thing this is a mental thing it's oh what's wrong with you mate are you going to like you know swing at me or are you going to cry are you going to do something you know out of the blue so which is why I feel like more people should talk about it make it a norm to you know have a chat with a mate and be open to you know someone having a chat with you because you don't know what someone's going through you look at someone, they're having a chat, they're smiling, they're laughing, you know. But you don't, sometimes you just don't know, what know deep, going what's going on deep down inside. And I've true. seen as people who I've had a chat with and I see them out in public. Oh, they're just the most happiest people out there. Like, if I was, if I didn't know them well enough, I wouldn't know what they were going through.
0: So you're saying, you're saying through these experiences, the way you've kind of dealt with them is kind of, I guess, talking to someone about it.
1: Talking to someone, or yeah, exactly. One of the main ones was talking family, mum, you know, you, mom, you know, my wife. All of them, just just having a chat, and sometimes it's therapy for you. Sometimes it's therapy for them. In some aspects, because they're probably going through the same thing. In some aspects, um, yeah, for me, it was just you know talking about it really.
0: Now now going on a tangent guys This sure. question just popped up In my head We'll come yeah. back to this um, You've grown up in India For most of your life Whereas I've yeah. grown up Here for the most of my life Sure uh, Do you think There's A Really enjoying the beer, Aren't you? It's <laughs> water <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you think There's um There's a massive difference In how mental health Is addressed In these two places Do you think um, it's more hush-hush in India because it's definitely hush-hush in India but do you think it's more hush-hush in India or do you think it's more hush-hush or have it here with the brown community itself?
1: Um, I feel like because of social media and stuff and uh, you know you've got celebrities you've got or, um, you know so many, they've got a day I think uh, I think it was recently where you're like you know talk to a mate day or mental health are you okay day. day are you okay yeah, that's the yeah, one yeah that's the one um so yeah they've got that here and I'm, you know very glad that you know people are out there talking about it because I wouldn't want you know my worst enemy to go through an experience or to go something like through an experience that my yeah, friend went They don't,
0: they went don't have Arya OKAY in India do they? do they?
1: I don't think they do but they people are talking about it you know like I said the movie that I had a, uh, that I was telling you about that it was, it was it was about mental health and it was a Bollywood movie Modi good...
0: if you're listening get on it, mate are you, are you okay dear? Up peak yeah, <laughs> So
1: people are. Social media play a good part in that. Um you know, talking about mental health. Let's talk about mental health. That's, you know, what people say sometimes. And um, yeah, in some parts of, you know, India and like any other um, ethnic country, it's still viewed as a taboo topic, like, you know, that's not a thing. You're just having a bad day, you just had a bad experience. There's nothing about mental health sliding it under the rug or something like that. But I feel like um, in the cities and stuff um, it is catching uh, it's getting a bit of traction. Yeah. It is catching on. People are talking about it. Not as much as they are here. But then again, you know, like I still think that um, countries like India and even here for that instance have still quite a bit of you know, catching up to so Have quite a quite a bit of work left to do. Um, because People still need to be talking about it and not exactly saying complaining about it or me like, you know, stuff like that, but just having a chat about things that upset them or things that they might feel that's affecting their mental health. That's what helped me at least and that would have been one of the main things that helped me, just having a chat with, you know, my friends, my close friends here, um, with my family and I've been lucky in the sense that people have just heard, you know, they've just given me a year when they could and I'd be, I'm, I'm really grateful for that, you know. So that's So I'm, I'm glad to hear me. that
0: because, uh, you know, um, doing so many of these podcasts, the one thing, the, the one common thing when it comes to this question is get help. Whenever we've asked people and even off the podcast, whenever we've yeah. asked people like, what's one thing that's helped you, helped you, yeah. it's get help and I'm glad people are Realizing that, because with I, I'm, I'm sure you would agree. When it comes to mental health, it's not something you can handle by yourself. I mean, you you can. I mean, I mean you can, but after a certain point, you you do have to go and reach out to. I'm not saying someone professional at the same. I'm saying someone even a friend.
1: Of course, I completely agree with you there. You need to have a chat because sometimes you can't get to a point where. You might think, you might be the strongest person out there. You might, you know, have 15-pack or abs or, yeah, you know, you might be able to lift a car with one hand or something like that. But at the same time, if something's affecting you there, up there mentally, there's no exercise, like physical exercise that out there to, you know, bulk up your brain. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, that's the thing. Um, it's It doesn't make you any less of a person or any it doesn't make you a weak person to acknowledge Chawan Prash yeah, Chawan Prash <laughs> <laughs> address your mental yeah. health with Chawan Prash Chawan Prash you know, whatever medication <laughs> Ayurvedic medication you want but yeah it, it doesn't make you any less of a person to admit that you know things upset you like is it wrong it's no. not it's definitely not wrong if something's upsetting you or something's affecting you like it does affect everyone Now you
0: know. Talking once again, come back to the death of your 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 dad and your friend. Mm -hmm. How did you go about? Other than you know, speaking to someone about it. How did you go about dealing with that? Because as you said, it's still something you're dealing with. So how do you how do you go about doing doing that? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening are going through a similar thing. Because you know, when someone that close to you that close to you dies, it's not something you just get over it's definitely something you get over it's it's something you constantly for as long as you live it's something you're dealing with so how do you deal with it
1: um so yeah apart from talking to um people and stuff um i believe one of the ways was just coming to like i personally I'm, i'm still not entirely in terms with the situation and sometimes they say, "Oh, time heals everything," and this and that. But it's okay to still miss people. It's okay to still wish they were here. Like that's what I think it looks Like I still, I still wish my dad was here for all the good times in my life, and all the times I've been low in my life because you know he he was someone I did have a chat with, and what he said or the jokes he played or you know super trick that he did <laughs> uh, made me feel better. And it's it's not the end if you think that that's how it is. Uh, the way that the thing i tell myself is you know what they're out there somewhere watching us it might seem oh that's that's like a superstitious it's a bollywood movie right they're watching over you then one of those stars out there hey dad hang on but um that's what keeps me at peace that they are somewhere out there they're watching they're watching you you know they're not really going to give you you know, like how you show in movies and stuff where they've got this force and oh they gonna protect Would you not. and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but coming to terms with you know, sometimes life is not fair and something sometimes things that you don't want happen, like I said at the start of this podcast that change unfortunately is an inevitable part of life. And yes it can be sad, yes it can be hard, but as long as you've got people around you, as long as you can have a chat with someone, as long as you can do things that you love, it doesn't necessarily have to be people. You know, as long as as long as for some people it's working out, for some people it's playing the guitar. I, did, I have played the guitar a few times and I've been upset and it can be therapy. For some people it's just taking a drive. Like I've known people, you know, think that just driving around is therapeutic. Whatever it is that makes you feel better or you, you know yourself more than anyone else does. And, you know, I think that... Um, apart from the whole talking about people, it's just coming to terms with the fact that, you know what, there's somewhere out there. Yes, it puts a lot of things into perspective about, you know, what is life after death? And, you know, what's going to happen to me? Is there something out there? Is there something, you know? It's just believing that wherever they are, they are happy. Yeah. And they're they're, they're there. They're, They're watching over you. And, yes, it might not seem very nice at the moment, but, Everything's gonna be okay. And yes, it took me a bit of time to get here, but um, like I said, I'm still not over the fact that my dad's passed away, and you know, although it's been more than five years, um, but it's not
0: impossible. You would say that you've, you've, it, as you said, it's taken you time to get here, but it's definitely something that's not impossible.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not impossible. And like I said, it's not. It, oh, it's, it's not like oh, you're never gonna miss them, or you know, you're never gonna wish they were here. Or I still do. I still wish. Uh, You know, my dad was here, as long as my friend was here, every time, you know, like...
0: I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure.
1: Very regularly, yeah. So, I reckon that's one of the things, it's coming to the realization that, look, it sounds very cliched again, everything happens for a reason, and, you know, that they're happy where they are, and they're a piece of where they are, and as long as you live your life honoring, you know, them in your ways, or, you know, in the way you behave with the people around you in a humane way, you're, you're honoring them some way and the, yeah, that's what's making them happy you know that's what's um you li- that's how you're living their legacy in a way uh, that's interesting i've never thought about it that way. yeah
0: I, I like that i like that
1: yeah so th- that, that's one of the things that you know what my it sounds like again it sounds very bollywood or very scripted and stuff i i'd like to believe that somewhere deep down inside um my dad is still alive and he's yeah. living through me because the things that he taught me the the lessons that he of life that he gave me um I'm living it and I'm honoring it and I'm they're you know,
0: alive through
1: you exactly through what they've taught me. I guess that's how you live on right like if you teach someone something you know obviously right the right things, and then they do it. You know? I guess in
0: that sense they never really
1: they're never really gone, they're right? never really gone exactly so that's 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 another thing that put me to praise. you know what he's here. And I'm the reason um, he's here because I am living in his ideals. Not entirely, not all the time. Yes, I can be a bit of an uh, immature guy sometimes and do stupid things. and Like, like we all do. We don't, we're not always at 100%. We don't always make the right decisions. And that's okay. Like it's, no one's perfect all the time. Um, but yeah, that, that, is, that is another um, factor that's helped me deal with such a loss. You know, loss of my dad and some, you know, loss of my friend and stuff. You know what? I'm living, I'm trying to live a good life as um, a good person. I guess that's what, you know, we all try try to aim to be. Um, One thing I can
0: say watching you grow is um, I'm sure your dad will be proud. As I said, it's, it's seeing you come from there till now. You've stepped up. You know I as i said we've we were really childish kids growing up
1: yes sweet. Yeah, and even really when you know when you came childish. here,
0: we were still childish people,, yeah. but what you went through, I can definitely see a change in you i can i can I can tell you he's proud because you've basically taken his role
1: yeah i've I've tried to but i'm I, I know even, I'm, I'm not, not perfect, saying he never will be yeah. But it's I guess it's just been a constant learning experience and you know learning from my mistakes and learning from all of that and I try to tell myself that you know what just because you've done something wrong you've made a mistake it doesn't mean you're a bad person it mean, depending on what the mistake is if I go and try to you know do some stupid yeah. shit, I will be a bad person but I'm um, just mistakes with the intention of doing the right thing yeah trying yeah um, so, but yeah, I've had a few realizations over the, over time and it's given me a bit of time to introspect and reflect and think. Um, and I'm trying. I'm trying every day to try to be better. Person. I guess that's and what matters, be better right? Better just the, yeah.
0: the trying. Now, guess, yeah. uh, now, what advice would you give people? Like, you know, let's, let's deal with this in two situations. Uh, with the first one, uh, with when the people migrate to um, from a different country, not just to Australia but to other countries as well, what advice would you give them and what advice would you give people that kind of deal with a similar situation where they're dealing with the death of someone so close to them how would you what advice would you give to people going through these two situations
1: um so yeah in the first scenario when people are moving and stuff yes it might feel hard it definitely felt like the hardest thing and i wanted to go back every day of my life for the first two two and a half years but no matter, like i said i think i'm saying so many cliches today (laughs) but is it too too
0: many too many bollywood movies Yeah,
1: too many tiktok videos (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, it will get better um, and <clears throat> I guess when you start making friends when you start getting you know like I said look, it takes time to get used to things as as simple as that may sound um, you know you find it hard applying it so as lo- uh, the more you get used to the place you know the, the way the place works because you know things ha- things like this happen gradually yeah like you go to a new university or you go to you know you buy a new car It's it's a different experience not as drastic of course but everything that's... Like, when you're moving to a new country, everything that you... Like, life, life as you've known changes. The people around you change, this and that. Um, you know, your <clears throat> locality changes and the radio station you listen to changes, you know? Like, <laughs> e- everything changes quite a bit depending on where you're moving from. If you're moving from, um, I don't know, Brisbane to Sydney, it might not be as bad of a change. But if you're moving, you know, proper continents and countries, it might be. But I'll just say, you know... Stick in there, see how you go, and you know if you feel like this isn't the right place for you, you've, and you, and you can go back. But um,
0: stick in there; it'll will come about eventually.
1: See how it goes. Yeah, exactly. And give yourself enough time. And if you still like, you know, after a decent amount of time, look, you, you, you know, you're the best judge of your situation. No one can tell you what to do and how to do. It. And if you feel like you've given it enough time, um, and you've you know you've given yourself enough time the The reason it's I ask you this question it's not bad to you know just move back if you think that's what's right because whatever makes you happier in the long term whatever makes you you know again another cliche at the age of 80 thinking you know what I gave it my best shot I couldn't do it that's that it's okay to not succeed in yeah. some aspects That that's just the uh, migration part of it you know I couldn't have done much because mum and dad moved here so. yeah Okay, like you know what, Dad, Mum, I've tried enough. Send me back. I'm ready to go back. <laughs> I'm done with this. Exactly. I'm done with this shit. I'm gonna live my legacy as a slum dog. The reason I something. ask
0: you this is because um, a lot of people that kind of like obviously because you've migrated here with your family and everything, yeah. it would have been relatively easier for you. Of course, yes. Compared yeah. to you know the international students, the Indian international students who migrate yeah. here on by themselves.
1: Of course, it's so much harder yeah. for them. I've got so many friends who've moved here and stuff. And they tell me how hard it is, you know, living, living away from family and stuff. But most of them, you know, they realize the potential that, you know, this place has gotten for their kids or, you know, for their prospective partners or wives or, you know, stuff like that. And yes, they, some of them be like, you know, I absolutely hate this place. It's, you know, I just miss being back home. I just miss the people. I miss my family. We just very, you know, they're all reasonable um, sort of, you know, concerns that people have. And like I've said, you know, it's all about giving yourself a chance, you know, at a shot in Australia or living somewhere else. And if you like the place, well and good, you know, like happy days. And like, like if you don't think, you, you know, you can't, you, if you don't see yourself living here in the long term, having a family, raising children, if that's what your priorities are, yeah. um, you know, at a later stage in life, then, you know, it's more than happy to, you know, keep traveling on or move back home. Because at the end of the day, it's what you want, what makes you happy, inherently happy. Yeah, sweet.
0: Yeah. Um, now, with the second scenario, with death of a loved one and de- death of a friend, how would you, what advice would you give someone going through the same thing?
1: So there's two, two parts to this. Firstly, as um, on the other side of it, you know, so if you're if you're witnessing someone going through something like this, you know, you don't have to force them to talk about it because some people not, might not want to. Some people might take a bit of time. But if you think you've got a friend who's going through a tough time, you know, um. Do your part, if you if you know if you've got that relationship with them, and offer to talk about it. You know, I, I I'd like that's what I've tried to do sometimes, and sometimes people have opened up, sometimes they haven't, which is okay, um, because sometimes people might really want to talk about it, but you know they've just got that initial hindrance of not wanting to be the first one to bring it up, and sometimes if you feel like people are like oh it's sorry man look, I'd rather not talk about it, or you, you you send something in your body language that you know that they close up it's okay, you've done your part, you've tried to help out. Again, I'm not trying to ask people to go and, you know, um, try to interfere in other people's matters and stuff like that. But, if some if, if an opportunity presents itself and you feel like it might be appropriate, do offer, um, not, you know, just a offer a shoulder or, or a ear you know, so, so yeah. that you can hear people's story out and you don't have to give them a solution but sometimes people just want to be heard. And on this side of the story, when you're going through something, you um, you lost someone or someone, you know, being recently diagnosed with cancer or something like that. Um, They're going through something like cancer. Yes, be there for them. Um, Be with them. Um, Talk to them. You know, try to make the most of your time with them. Yes, you know, things might turn out brilliantly, uh, God willing, and, you know, hopefully. And in some, you know, cases it might not, but then, you know, as long as you've spent quality time with the person, as long as you're just there for them, they're with them, um, it should help you and it should help them as well, you know, whatever yeah. the state they are, whatever situation they are, whatever whatever's going through their head. And, for, you know, in terms of after someone passes away, it does take a bit of time, and that's a tough part. That's this harsh reality, unfortunately. It will take a bit of time to get used to it. But um, there is light at the end of that, there um, is
0: that silver lining we're talking about yeah
1: exactly at, at some point you will realise that you know what they are still alive and they are alive within you and you know the things you do on a daily basis you know the way you laugh or the way you talk or the way you treat the next person you know your neighbour or the next person sitting sitting. you know the person sitting next to you on a bus or something, something like that they're alive they're alive within you in your mannerisms and the way you talk and the way you walk or whatever it is And just, you know, praying for them or, you know, just believing that, you know, wherever they are, they're at peace and they're they're doing fine, I guess. And like I said, if you can, um, if you feel comfortable enough, have a chat with someone, you know, friend or family or, you know, even there's a lot of support groups out there. And if you if you feel like it's getting too much, it's again, it doesn't make you any less of a person to go out there and seek help. There's a reason why there's, you know, qualified people out there who are there for your problems. It doesn't make you, um, you know, oh, it's not an addiction. Yeah. I feel like some people look at it. Oh, it's like an addiction. It's a bad thing. It's a drug, or you know, something like that.
0: So, which which is kind of, which is is really strange that they refer to something like that.
1: Exactly. Like not exactly as a drug, but oh, that that just brand me as a, you know, insane or mentally unstable person.
0: I think in that when you when you do that when you reach out you officially kind of tell like you
1: officially just yeah you're coming you're, you're accepting things accepting you know? it like, yeah like you're accepting that you need help and I guess that's the first step Acceptance. Accepting accepting that you do need help you need people you know you need someone to hear you out you need some kind of maybe personal or professional help um, so yeah definitely I'd suggest talking about it or seeking help because like I've said like for the 15th time because that's that's something that really um, made me think oh I want to talk about it really because I just don't want to think about it. But when you talk when I'm talking about it right now it's it makes you feel lighter you know. It g- helps you gain perspective as you're talking about it.
0: I think that's what people don't do in situations like this is just talk about it you, regardless if, it, if it's with someone or themselves they don't talk about it.
1: Yeah exactly like this is, sometimes, it, sometimes sometimes you'll be surprised about how much just talking about something can make you feel much lighter and in some cases it can't, I agree with that, but in some cases it really can, you know, just going out there seeking help, seeking refuge in people you trust, you know, your family, friends or whoever, you know, like, yeah, I mean, you're right, you're right, yeah.
0: Well, with that, we draw to an end, yes. thank you so much for coming on and, you know, sharing your experiences and hopefully people no, listening, probably. I'm sure people listening will benefit from that. Um, before you go actually There's one question There's something new I kind of want to start Let's see how it goes uh, What's You know I'm a big music person So I have to ask this question Is there a specific song That helps you I guess Centre yourself Or is there one song That I feel like I know this as actually Because I've asked you this, Like a f- few days back Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Is there a song That kind of You know You turn it on And you're just like
1: Um Um uh... Fix You by Coldplay, actually. It's a very meaningful song, that one. Yeah. It's, you know, the lyrics and stuff really, you know, it's saying something, you know. I'm not, I'm not sure who's trying to fix me, but it's. it's... <laughs> oh, who you're trying to fix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just life trying to tell you that, you know, when you try your best, but you don't succeed and you lose something. Um, you know that's because it's just life telling you that you know you will be fixed at the end of it Even not, I don't think everyone's going to think they're broken as such yeah. not in that terms Oh, you know there's one of no return but just the message that the song gives that you know what everything will be okay and you know like they said in the movie and if, if it doesn't well it's not the end you know there's a long way to go and yeah. I'm sure everything will be
0: okay First, so once again, thank you for joining us and jumping on. It's actually, I'm really proud of you for doing that. Thank you so much.
1: Not a problem, my friend.
0: And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Keep smiling. (laughs)